everyone. We are so excited for today's podcast. But before we begin, we have a really exciting product that we want to feature this week. So Stephen, tell us about our new product. Cool. Well, thanks for the intro. You've heard of Birchbox, right? Of course. Well, we are launching Pageant Box. And so it's the box by Pageant Planet. And we are launching it. The first shipment is going out on November the 15th of next month. And what's in the box? Okay, so the box is full of just pageant goodies from rhinestone to glitter to sequence, and it changes every month. So it's a boxy subscription, and then after you order, you sign up saying, hey, I want this. We ask you some questions on the back end to get to know more about you, what system you're competing in, your shirt sizes, shoe sizes, et cetera, where you live, the date of your pageant, if that's applicable, so that we can customize and tailor make your box just for you. I love it. And how much does the box cost? The box is wicked inexpensive, so it's $29 per month. But then also, because we are a coaching portal, we value like girls' desire to reach their dreams and to win the crown, we also have coaching options. So the base price is $29 a month, but if you want to add on like our VIP membership, which is traditionally $47 a month, you can get it for like $37 a month instead. So it's discounted coaching if you want to add that on to any of your box subscriptions. So monthly, you can get really great um, pageant-related products and receive coaching at all three of our different levels. And where can we learn more? Where can we sign up? So you can go, um, of course, with this, you can go backslash podcast. But on the everyday link, you can just go to thepageantplanet.com backslash box. And you can see all the different options and get started today. Love it. Thanks, Stephen. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to the call. Today, we are going to be discussing how to overcome pageant haters. So with me is Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching. Jesse, set the stage for us. So I'm going to get a little deep, Stephen, if you don't mind. Bring it on. Okay. So I went to a really, really small private school in a really even smaller town of like 30,000 people. And considering, I think a lot of our listeners actually go to schools in smaller towns than that, but still small town, smaller school. So you go to school with the same people from kindergarten all the way up to high school graduation. And would you agree, Steven, it's difficult to like get out of a stereotype once people think they know who you are? <laughs> yeah, it is totally. It's like the phrase, you can't ever be famous in your hometown. Yep. Like, cause everyone sees you in the same way. So I, I remember like I was, I was a little bit different. I wasn't afraid to be myself. So I would wear these really weird red pants and this weird snakeskin cowboy hat that like I have the most hilarious photo, but like it was weird. I'll admit it. I was totally a weird kid, but I also like liked that part of myself. I liked that I stood out. I wasn't afraid to be different. So because of that, and a lot of our pageant contestants in the VIP program and otherwise, I know they face this too, because here's girls that are confident, they're strong, and they're not afraid to be different but yet they're kind of being ostracized in their community. And girls that deal with that, a lot of time, myself included, we turn to pageantry because we know we have something to offer the world, but the people that we see every day aren't recognizing it. So we're looking towards something else. 
not for validation, but to show the world what we have to offer. So I think amongst a lot of girls that do pageants, that's the root of why they compete. Is that something you've ever heard before? Um, I've never heard that that's one of the reasons why girls compete, but I have heard it phrased like I just... I've found myself or I just love this industry or I love being around like-minded girls. But uh, so I've never really heard that correlation, but it totally makes sense that that yeah. why that correlation's there. And and that was totally true for me. Like I would go to school, I would feel left out, I would but then I would like I would be I would be nominated to be class president or president of X club and I would never win anything, but I knew I had the chops to be a great leader and it was because like I wasn't afraid of myself, so people felt like I was conceited or stuck up or cocky. It's like, no, I just like I like who I am, and that's cool. I think it's cool to like who you are. And now, as an adult, I really value that trait because I see so many other people who are insecure or they just want to blend in, and that's just not my my thing. Yeah. I don't think. Well, like your, so, but like yourself, I was from a city seven thousand people. There was eighty six people in my graduating class. Yeah. Um, I was one of the popular kids, but at the same time, every, um, well, my critique started to happen. My insecurities really started to develop as I got older, like around mm-hmm. sophomore, junior. I, I didn't think I was intelligent because all of my friends got involved in like national honor society and they knew like bigger words than me, like vocabulary wise. And, um, so I, I just never thought I was intelligent and that started to really affect my, my self esteem. And then after I changed the way that I dressed and, um, I never really, I didn't date a lot. Like after high school, I was single and pretty much by myself for the vast majority of the time. And so people started to say I was gay. And so that also like affected. And then it was like, but I like things that a stereotypical gay man would like, like interior decorating conversations mm-hmm. at a coffee shop with, <laughs> with another friend. And I wasn't trying to pick up every girl. So there was those things that, um, that I liked about myself and that I just organically enjoyed, but it also started to develop a complex within me because people thought, and then, you know, then pageantry for me was like, they're like, Oh yeah, I knew it (laughs) until Renata came around. Right. And then they're like, Oh, okay. I was wrong about that one. So, okay. So I cut you off, but I mean, I totally get where you're coming from and that's Mm -hmm. like growing up is challenging. Like, cause high schoolers, middle schoolers, I mean, they're tough and Mm -hmm. I've been on the other end of the stick where I've been the tough one persecuting, but I've also been persecuted. So, um, what's the first step that you've taken to handle some of this negativity that's been pushed in your direction? So the first thing that I did is when I, I didn't start to compete in pageants until I was 13. So I think everyone knows that by now. So I was a late bloomer in pageantry. And when I started competing, I would set goals for myself. And I would say, okay, my goal is to be the New York teen sunburst queen. Because everyone also knows that that's the first big title that I won. And I it was the only pageant I did. It, did, it was once a year. And I would improve and improve and I would improve. And that was my focus. Every morning that I would get stressed out, like that's what I would think about. Like, who am I today? And how's that going to help me in the long run? Or I would shop for dresses. Or I would just use that hobby as a way to escape the extra stuff that was happening around me. And like, you just, it's, it's really hard. I'm not going to say it's not hard. Like you have moments that you get really down on yourself and you have moments that you think you're not good enough or like you're never going to be accepted, right? Like you're so dramatic and you get so down about it. So you have to like set your goal, 
remember why you're doing it and stay true to it. And I did a lot of like, like time alone in my room, listening to uplifting music, finding ways to really remind myself that I was worth it and I was enough. Yeah. I always pretended for me, like when I got through, like when I was going through challenging times is I would always picture myself like I was the star of my own movie. Mm. And like the music was playing in the background and this was just like every scene that every movie had to have when the hero was going through a rough time, but then eventually Mm. he would find his way. And so that really helped me a lot of just pretending and I would go out and I'd play basketball and I would just pretend like, yeah, there's movie cameras out here recording me. And this is just me. Like it's just a scene where I have to vent. Um, and so I would do things and try to live my life in a way that would be um, adjacent to the character that I perceive myself to be in this movie. And then um, as I got older, I got this piece of advice that for me, it's really translated well. Um, take it if you like, drop it if you don't. But that people can only see in you what they see in themselves. So mm. what helped me is that if... Um, it's kind of like a car syndrome. So anybody that is listening who's ever got like your new car, you buy a car or your parents give you a car and you're driving it. And all of a sudden that red Volkswagen or whatever, or Mustang you see on every street corner. Whereas before it was like the day before, whenever you didn't have that car, you never saw it. But now that it's your car, you see it everywhere. And it's kind of like, you're so familiar with, Um, your positive attributes and your negative attributes, whether you know it or not, you can see it in a mile away from other people. Like, have you ever wondered, Jesse, why, um, like, for example, for you and a friend will be talking about somebody else and that friend will be venting to you that, oh my gosh, she is so like, she's always late for everything or she's unorganized or whatever, or she can't keep a guy, all this stuff. And then in the back of your mind, you're thinking, no, that's you you're always late for everything. You can never keep a guy like your life's a train wreck. So, um, and it also helped me on the reverse when people are complimenting me because like I don't get attached to other people's compliments anymore because I realize that the reason they see it in me is it's because they also possess it. And so I realize that it's, um, not necessarily a selfish thing, but their life is about them. And like my life is about me. Now we all come together in harmony and, and because what you do for other people, you also do to yourself and vice versa. But at the end of the day, it helps to be unattached to the opinions of other people. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And, and with that even too, it's not just like allowing that to like see it in yourself. Um, I will say one funny thing. Have you ever seen the meme where it's, says um tbt at that time you heard a sad song on the radio and would look out the window when you're in the car pretending you're in a music video did you ever do that (laughs) i saw that and i just cracked up because that was so me so look up that meme it's hilarious um the other thing i would suggest too in conjunction with all of that is stay the course so do not let haters distract you from your your purpose your goal so for me i play I played all sorts of sports in high school. I was still on student council, even though I was never voted in as the president. I still was in every school play. I still was in chorus and auditioned for solos. And like, I still did things that I wanted to do. 
And even if people didn't think I was great at them, I still liked doing them. Um, I'll give a really sad example. So one year we did a called a cabaret night in our school every year and I performed every year. And one year they decided to change the promo. So it was like, see seniors like so-and-so and so-and-so and Jesse Ledoux perform. And someone in the, they had the, the sign in the line in the lunch line and someone had circled my name and wrote ha ha next to it. Crazy. I'm not going to be a Grammy award winning singer. Ever. If anyone ever saw my talent for Miss New York, like you would agree. And that's okay. But I loved performing. And I wasn't going to let somebody who blindly made fun of me force me to not perform. Yeah. Like it was just one of those things. So it's, it's hard. And you have to like know what's most important to you, being true to yourself or pleasing other people because most of the time your haters are not going to be in your life forever. They're going to be gone at some point and you're never going to want to look back and think, I hate that I compromised myself for this person who has no significance on my life. Yeah, and one well, my favorite book is a book called Outwitting the Devil. And I listened to it on audio, and I've probably listened to it maybe 20, 25 times. I, I listen to it while I'm at the gym. And one of the things, and this is about Napoleon Hill, who's also the author of the book Think and Grow Rich. In this, he interviews the devil, and he's like, what is your like function on earth? And the devil basically says, my focus is to distract other people so that they don't achieve their purpose. Um, that's not giving away anything about the book. But in it, the book, uh, the devil talks about all these different strategies that um, he uses to keep people away from their purpose. Failure being one of them, persecution being the other. And Napoleon Hill cross-questions him about that strategy. And the devil says, all like jealousy is just frustrations of um, untapped desires. So that person who circled your name and went, ha ha, they probably quietly wished they had the guts to get up on stage and perform, but because they didn't and they saw that you did and internally they might think, I can sing as good as that, maybe better. Why am I not doing it? And so out of frustration because they weren't tapping into their purpose, they lashed out at you because they saw you as um, whatever they saw you as. Yeah, they probably could sing better than me, to be honest. But <laughs> We don't know that, Jesse. We don't know that because oh, they never yeah. got up to do it, right? That's true. They never got that's up to true. do it, and that's the thing. Yeah. So even if, like I talked about earlier, setting goals, even if like the pageant is not your number one goal, maybe it's just to audition for that solo if you like to sing, or maybe it's just to try out for a sports team or – Whatever that might be, like just don't allow haters to get in the way because you never know what the people see in you because you might be getting beaten down so much that you've stopped seeing the good in yourself. And I have a lot of contestants that come to me and I can feel that place and they've really repressed what's inside of them that makes them special and makes them great. And we've, I can't even count on my hands and my toes the amount of sessions I've had with clients where we have both been in tears because like it's just it's figuring out what makes them tick, why they're doing this for themselves and all of the great things about who they are. And that's so special as a coach to help contestants and clients realize that because it gets, it's, it's easy to get buried. And, you know, I, we're not going to get too deep into relationships or, and, or anything like that, but like that's, that's realistically such an important part of our lives our, our relationships, families or, or boyfriends or girlfriends, et cetera. And their opinions mean a lot to us. And it's, it's easy if they say, like, you can't do this, you could never do that, for them to get in your head. So it's a lot about peeling back the layers of 
of hate and abuse and struggle that you've gone through and like really remembering why you're here and how you can be the best version of yourself. Yeah. And I remember making a commitment to myself. I've experienced a lot of failure and a lot of really lonely times and a lot of like depressing times. I can remember the first time I told Renata like my full story of like what I had to overcome and she was like, wow. (laughs) She's like, that's never would have known. And but I had this one friend in my corner and his name, he was the best man at our wedding, my wedding. His name's Dwayne Robinson. He's from Bermuda and just best friend. And he always believed in me and he always, I mean, I couldn't even afford a cup of coffee in, um, when I was in college, but he was like, you're going to be so like wealthy. You're going to be such a successful business person. I just see it in you. And because of his belief in me, I started to believe it. And then I started to see fruits of that belief. And so there was some time like when I hit rock bottom and I remember he was encouraging me and I just made a decision that I'm only going to be around people that celebrate me. And that's the only people that I'm going to let in, not from an egotistical standpoint, but just from a perspective of like, yeah, you can do that crazy idea. I don't understand it, but I believe in you. I think you can do it. And that's all that I feel like, I mean, what you want, what I want, we just want somebody to be in our corner. And if people aren't doing that for you, it's such a liberating thought and a liberating feeling to realize you don't have to be friends with anyone and you don't have to keep anyone in your life who you don't want to. There's always enough space for everybody to kind of go inside of a circle of people that will celebrate your differences, your uniqueness, and your strength. Because what I accidentally decided that I didn't even realize was that I was surrounding myself with people who were confident enough in themselves to take risks and to push their life forward in different ways that maybe the vast majority of people weren't. And that had a very positive rub-off effect on me and in my life. And I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm to kind of transition things into a coaching standpoint. Um, I have a lot of contestants come to me and they say in their paperwork or verbally in their interviews, they say, you know, I've been a victim of bullying. It is so common to hear that phrase now that it's almost lost its meaning. And, you know, I will, every single person that comes to me and said they were bullied, I believe it because I've been there. I get it. And it comes in all shapes, sizes, voices, et cetera. Um, But instead of just writing, I was bullied, try to reach even deeper and find like the most painful moment of that or something specific. So for instance, there was a girl that made a a blog that said 10 reasons I hate Jesse Ledoux. And it was, I mean, think about that as like a 10th grader and that happened. It's horrifying. But if I say that in my, if I say I was bullied in, in high school, that sounds like every other girl would say. I could say, you know, I was bullied. At one point, there was even a blog about the 10 reasons why people hated me. And, like, how much more powerful does that sound, Stephen, to have that concrete detail versus just I was bullied? Yeah. If I heard that in an interview, I would immediately see that girl in a different light and say, wow, she overcame that to put her on, put herself on stage around 50 other confident and, like, beautiful women to be here. That's a powerful woman. Yeah. And so what let's on the flip side, when someone says I was bullied in high school, does that evoke the same emotions or what emotions does it evoke in you? No, when you just say that you're bullied, I think that you're just making it up because mm-hmm. like, I never equated that as bullying. Like you're, you're awesome because you believe it. But when you say you're bullied, I'm like, yeah, right. Somebody probably just, you know, said her hair looked ugly that day because everybody yeah. uses it. So for sure. So try to get like tap into the pain of this 
to show judges and other people why you're there. And, you know, it sounds so cliche because so many girls say it, but when you really break it down, those are the women that are the best role models. They haven't, life hasn't been sunshine and rainbows for them. They've had to overcome things in their life. That's the kind of role model that I want for myself and my future kids. So don't be afraid of those moments. I can, I can, I can definitely relate as you're like growing up and maybe you're not ready to expose those moments yet. Maybe it's still pretty tender, but remember, like keep those moments fresh as your purpose. Like that's why you're there. You're going to make an impact on somebody's life someday. And you're going to be a really positive force in this world. So connect with those moments, whether you say them or not, like at least be aware of them. Yeah. And we're in the beauty pageant industry, like beauty pageant. And honestly, nothing is more beautiful than someone who's authentic. And you take someone and like, but when you drop down your walls, other people kind of organically start to do the same. Now, again, you want to use this. I mean, you can't go up to the school bully and say, you really hurt my feelings, you know, because that, that just doesn't translate. But like when you live an authentic life of not necessarily wearing your emotions on your sleeve by like breaking down and crying, but just to being true to who you are and true to the emotions you're feeling them, like while you're feeling them, that is a beautiful individual. And I feel the most confident someone who can even express what insecurities they're experiencing while they're in, while they're experiencing them. That's pretty powerful to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And you know, it's the days are long, but the years are short. And if you're someone who's currently in school or currently going through a time of bullying or haters, like remember that it's not forever. And it's a real, it's a really important component of all of this to remember it. But in the meantime, like just some tools you can use and adapt. Like we already kind of touched on a few of them. Find inspirational quotes, write them down in a journal if you have them, just so you can kind of revisit them later. Find an anthem. We always talk, we talk about that in various podcasts. Find a song that really uplifts you. Listen to it on repeat until you believe it. Listen to the words, listen to the sounds and set those goals along the way. And those three things, and then I guess surround yourself people that, that build you up is one that you had mentioned too, Stephen. I said those four things really will allow you to remove yourself from the craziness that's happening. And, you know, again, those days are going to be tough. I'm not going to lie and say they're going to be easy. They're tough. You'll probably cry a lot and that's okay. But find solace in the things that you enjoy and the things that you see in yourself because that's what's going to help you ride out this process. Yeah. And when you want to accomplish and when you do accomplish something great in your life, I had a mentor tell me that the the more you climb the ladder of success, the more your butt is exposed. Like you'll attract more like haters, like haters grow in proportion to your success. And it does with us, like with our site and like the kind of comments and stuff that I get about me personally. Um, you know, but it's just like, it's par for the course. I mean, it just kind of yeah. goes with it. So the quicker you can mm-hmm. learn how to handle it now, the stronger you'll be as an individual when you go out into the world. Cause you're always going to, rub people yeah. the wrong way, whether it's because you're successful or you're not successful enough. <laughs> it's, but again, again, it has nothing to do with you and it has everything to do with them. And something I want to, sorry, Stephen, I know we're like running a little bit long, but that's okay. Um, one thing, I, one phrase I love, it's you'll never meet a hater doing better than you. And I like even break that down even more like granularly like think about it and I think about how I look at people and and you know when you criticize you judge and we're all guilty of it so let's not pretend but if I look at people that I'm judging they're I'm looking at them because they're successful or I'm considering what they've accomplished or I'm kind of nitpicking because 
they're visible, they're doing great things. And I'm thinking, okay, what, what could they be doing even better? It's more of like, like you said earlier, you're projecting onto somebody else. Like what are their weaknesses? What are my weaknesses? But then I look back at people who are still growing in the process and I admire them. I admire them for what they're doing. I never hate on someone who's just getting started or just developing. It's so much more about like, we get jealous of people when we're envious of them. So if you're feeling that jealousy, if you're feeling those haters, like it's because you're doing something that they're not, or you're at a level that they're not. So I, I love that phrase. I think it's very, very true. And I think it applies to any of us. Yeah, it's so good. And I just want to encourage you, if you're listening and you feel like this episode has really made an impact on you and you know of a friend that's going through it, whether they're in pageants or not, just send it to them because there's a lot of nuggets in here that'll help you inside the the interview room outside in your, of your life too. So just pass this episode on to them and just because it's going to encourage them. And I wish I would have been able to hear something like this when I was in high school or when I was going through and be like, Oh my gosh, yes. So Jesse, like you've given so many great nuggets and you just have such a servant's heart. Um, how can they work with you specifically if they want to um, work with you? to train for their next pageant? Yeah, so if you, uh, we do a lot of things from mental conditioning to pageant prep, et cetera. So uh, if they wanna work with me, they can reach out via pageantplanet.com backslash coaching. But I wanna put a, another call to action if it's okay, Stephen, is if, you ha- if you've listened to this and you either wanna share your personal story of the haters or overcoming the haters, or maybe what you do to stay focused, I wanna hear about it. So email me directly, jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at thepageantplanet.com. I want to hear how you felt listening to this podcast and if you have anything that you'd like to share. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the Pageant Planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.